So last week we finished with Galatians, and for the next two or three weeks, we're going to talk about the battle, the battle that we're all in. Even if we don't realize it, we're in the battle between good and evil, between Jesus and the work of Jesus and the work of Satan in the world today. When, we, when it comes to the, the work of Satan in the world today and the work of evil, we need to keep in mind two things, and we need to give it some thought. We need to consider it. We often give more credit to Satan than we should. We often do that. We also need to be careful that we don't underestimate Satan more than we should. And so we don't need to give him too much credit, and we don't need to underestimate what he's capable of doing. We need to recognize our enemy. We need to recognize what the scriptures teach us about who he is, about what he desires, and what he wants the most. We know, first of all, that Satan is not in complete control of this world. We do know that he's a prince of this world, that he's been given freedom to move and go as he sees fit. We know that the scriptures teach us that he goes before the throne of God and he accuses believers 24 hours a day before the Father. He says we're not believers. He says we're not true. He says we're hypocrites. He says that the blood of Christ does no value in our lives. And he's at work. He's accusing. He is trying to bring down the gospel. He's trying to bring down the kingdom. He's always at work. However, if Satan were able to do all that he wants to do, the world would not be like it is today. Now, you, you hear that and you think, well, my goodness, how can the world get any worse? It can. And what we understand about Satan is he wants to completely destroy this world. He wants to destroy all of God's people. He wants to destroy everything that has order to it. He wants complete chaos. He wants complete destruction. He, he wants to make life unbearable because he knows that that's what will hurt God. And everything that Satan is after is to bring hurt to God because of the fact that they warred in heaven. The fact that Satan wanted to be God. He wanted to be like the Most High, the Scripture teaches us. And there was a battle that happened in heaven, and Satan and all the angels that went with Satan, that we understand today to be demons, were kicked out of heaven, but allowed to be here on the earth and cause havoc. So when you watch the news and you think, well, how in the world can things get any worse? Understand it can. It can get far worse. And so we recognize that, that Jesus is at work and that truth is at work in our world today, and it's not as bad as Satan wants it to be. And so there are restraint. Although there's not restraint, there is restraint. He's not restrained completely. But there's definitely restraint going on in the world. We see in places in our world that it's not safe, it's not secure. People are always watching out for themselves. They're always 
you know, if they have a home, they're putting up fences, they're putting up wrought iron on their windows, on their doors to protect themselves. That's the work of Satan. Whenever people don't feel secure, that's the work of Satan. We're seeing videos now in stores or across the country where people go in and they have that, that mob of people that go in and just steal stuff. That, that's of Satan. That's what he wants. It doesn't happen everywhere, but it's happening in some places where Satan is able to wield his strategy and able to do the things that he wants to do. So let's get to know our enemy a little bit today. The first thing that I think is important for us to understand is what Jesus had to say in John 8, 44. He said that Satan is the father of all lies. He says, you are of your father the devil. He's speaking to the Pharisees. He's speaking to the Jews here. He says, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar, and the father of all lies. So Jesus said that all lies come from Satan. That's what he says. It's his character. All lies come from Satan. He's the father of of all lies. One of the craziest lies that Satan tells today is, is promoted by the Mormon church that say that Satan and Satan, Satan and Jesus are brothers. Brothers. Nowhere in scripture that has even come closest to that. It says just the opposite. Jesus is the son of God. Satan is an angel. He's a fallen angel. They're not brothers. That is a lie that Satan has told, and sadly, many, many thousands of people believe that. And they believe that Satan and Jesus are in combat here in this world for fighting for other planets. That's a lie, and many people believe that. Today, many people believe that there are many, many roads to salvation. That's a lie of Satan. Most you know, many people, I started to say most, and it's probably accurate, that most people in the world believe that you choose your way to be right with God, and whatever deity you choose, whatever road you choose to go down, if you'll all get to the same place. That's not true. And it's a tremendous lie. I think a brilliant lie that's, that's being told today in our country, in our culture, that if you believe that there is only one way of salvation, there is only through, that it's only through Christ, then you are labeled a racist, a bigot, a narrow-minded fool. And, and culture pushes back against that. I mean, if you'll just take some time and think about what's taking place in our world, you can see the strategy of Satan. And, and there is a tremendous movement in our culture to silence people that believe that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. Now, if you will teach, if you will share with other people, 
if, if as a church family, if we taught that you do your own thing, and whichever road you choose to go down, if you'll go down that road, then, then God will receive you. We will avoid persecution. They'll leave us alone. But there might be coming a day very soon that if you teach that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation, it is going to be judged as hate speech. And they're going to lock us up. They're going to lock preachers up. May indeed come. That's a lie of Satan. And he's brilliant. It's a, it's a brilliant strategy. If, if he wants to silence the church, and if he wants to silence the ministry of the gospel, that, that's a very bright move. It's a brilliant, sound strategy. Man, just make it so that if, if, if you believe there's only one way of salvation, that you're a, you're a racist. Nobody wants to be a racist. We believers in Jesus, we don't want to be a racist. We understand love. We understand compassion. We understand kindness. We know what our role is. And it, and it puts us in a very difficult spot between a rock and a hard place when, when we're being labeled as racist because we believe there's only one way of salvation. But it's going on today. He's the father of all lies. I think the works movement works. That you work your way to heaven is definitely a lie of Satan. Work your way to heaven. And I also believe that among people today, that there's, especially in our country, perhaps not so much in other places, definitely not so much perhaps in third world countries because it's such a different thing going on there, such a different dynamic. The, the survival need kind of begins to, I think, whittle that, this away. But it's that, that lie that says that we deserve. We deserve to be happy. We deserve, we deserve to be comfortable. We deserve to be loved. We deserve it. And it's a, it really is an interesting thing that takes place, and, and it puts us in, in positions when it comes to the Lord that, in, in essence, I think are just adversarial to what God wants for us. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve happiness. We don't deserve it at all. We, we don't deserve a good living. We don't deserve to be well. We don't deserve to be secure. We don't deserve to be healthy. And, and that mindset is, is pretty prevalent, I think. People are led astray, and they get bitter. They get angry against God. They, they, they get to where they don't trust God, and they're not open to Him because, you know, they just deserve all these things in life. And, and Satan is the father of that lie that we deserve. I can't think of a greater lie that he's told today in our culture than this one. If it's love, it's okay. Come on, people. If a man wants to love another man and get married, it's okay. If a lady wants to love another lady and get married and have a family, it's okay. No, it's not okay. 
It's absolutely not okay. But that it, he's the father of all lies, and he's made that so. In heterosexual couples as well, I no longer like my husband. I love that guy. I deserve to be happy. So my happiness means more than the impact it's going to have on my family, my children perhaps, other people. I, I, I can just choose to make this decision to leave my husband I have now and go be this other fella because he's going to make me happy and I deserve to be happy. That's a lie. That's a lie. And the truth of the matter is that other fella ain't going to make you happy for long. You'll be right back where you are. He's the father of all lies. Be aware of that. Second thing is, in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers. It really is an amazing thing to me who believes, whose life has been changed, who's been transformed. I mean, I'm one of those new creations. It's very, very evident that I'm not the same fella I used to be. That, that fella died way back yonder. And I'm a new fella. I think differently. I, I want different things than I used to want. And it's amazing to me when people can't see the gospel, they can't see the love, they can't see the grace, that they can't see the fullness of Christ and the beauty of Christ. But the scriptures tell us that Satan is the God of this world and he has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. He has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. They just can't see it. They can't see Jesus. They can't see the truth. They can't see the beauty of the good news. They can't see how spectacular the cross is. And they, he has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. We have to understand that in our world today. Fact is, the fact that you are a believer in Christ is a, it's a bona fide miracle. Because at one point, your mind was blinded to the reality of Christ. The Holy Spirit went to work on you. The gospel penetrated your heart. And, and that blindness was moved away by the Lord. But keep that in mind when you're relating with the world around you. Since Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers, you can't expect an unbeliever to act like they're a believer. You can't expect someone whose mind is blinded to act like they have Christ in their life and they're going to love and they're going to be respectful. They're not going to do that at all. They're going to be just like Satan has, through his character, has designed things to be. And they're going to fall victim to that. Another thing about Satan, Satan disguises himself. He's brilliant. Satan, we cannot sell him short. He's smart. He's wise. He's shrewd. And he disguises himself as an angel of light. It sounds good. It looks good. It seems to be good. Yet he's behind pulling all the strings, and it's not good. In 2 Corinthians 11, the scripture says in verse 13, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, 
disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. He's speaking about false teachers here, of course. And he says, and no wonder they're like this. No wonder they're, they're so well-spoken. They're so well-dressed. They're so well-received. They're so polite. They're, they're so positive in their presentation. And no wonder, for even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. So keep that in mind. If it looks too good to be true, it most likely is. If it sounds good to be, too good to be true, it most likely is. If what you're hearing, teaching from the Scriptures, is always pleasant to the ears, makes you feel good, warms your heart all the time, there's probably a problem there. And we need to be careful of that. Towards the end of time, Satan is going to do a lot more signs and wonders than he does now. Towards the end of times, life is going to get more difficult here. Towards the end of time, uh, people are going to turn away from God in large numbers. People are, are going to have a real hard time devoting themselves completely to Christ. And one of the things that Satan is going to be allowed to do is to do more signs and wonders than he does now. Because it says in 2 Thessalonians 2.9, the coming of the lawless one, that will be the Antichrist, is by the activity of Satan. With all the power and false signs and wonders, he's going to lead many astray when that begins to happen. He is going to do miracles. He's, so, so obviously Satan, when allowed, has those kind of powers. And, and he can bring that about. Satan attempts other people to sin. Now, we know that James teaches us that God the Father does not tempt his people to sin. He does test his people. We know that to be true. But Satan tempts people to sin. In 2 Corinthians 11.3, it says, But I'm afraid that as a serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. That's what he's after. That's one of the things that Satan is after. Your thoughts are led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Have you been challenged with your thought life? Are you challenged with your thought life? Do you set out to honor God with all your heart? Do you desire to have a sincere and pure devotion to Christ? And then those thoughts begin to come. Probably the thoughts are different for all of us. They're mechanically different. They're laid out differently for us because knowing who we are, where our weaknesses are, what we struggle with, probably it is tailor-made for each one of us. That would be my hunch. He knows how to come after us. And he does so by challenging our thoughts. He uses the world. 
He uses our flesh. And then it's direct from Him. It's direct from demons. But the purpose is to lead us astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So if you want to know how Satan's at work in your life, if you want to know how you are being bombarded, if you want to know how the battle is being raised on you, consider what happens when you are led astray, when you are diverted from a pure and sincere devotion to Christ. What happens? What takes place? What does he use to work on you? Next thing, wow, Satan is really, really good at this. In the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, the parables of the kingdom that we have in Matthew 13, Jesus tells us the parable of the sowers. There's fertile soil. There's hard soil. There's rocky soil. There, there, there's, you know, the plant begins to grow and it's burned up because the roots are not deep enough. But Satan, it says, snatches the seed away from hard hearts. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. The path is where people would walk between the fields. To go from one field to another, it's hard. The seed lays on top of the hard path doesn't have an opportunity to penetrate the soil and, and grow and produce fruit. And so when the gospel message is sown, when the gospel message is shared on those real hard hearts, Satan comes along and snatches those seeds. We have to understand that in our battle with Satan. That means you need to share the gospel again. It means you need to pray for a soft heart. It means you need to build a relationship with people so that hopefully down the road that seed can lay on someone's heart long enough that it can penetrate their heart. Because obviously Satan is working to snatch away gospel seeds. And we've got to be active. We've got to keep on at it. We can't just share one time and let it go. That's the work of Satan. Now, this is a real complicated one, and I hope I don't cause too many troubles, and I'm accurate in, in talking about Luke chapter 13, verse 16. A lady had been sick for 18 years, and the people were more concerned that she was healed on a Sabbath, which is the way of religion, isn't it? And Jesus addresses the, the accusers, the religionists of the day. And Jesus says, And not, not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years. He loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. Now, they missed that. They missed that point. They were more concerned that the miracle happened on the Sabbath. Now, isn't that crazy? It's, that blows my mind, and that, that speaks to the lie that Satan uses, and he causes religionists to be more concerned with their rule than people. You know, you've got to be kidding me. You're going to have a meeting, and you're going to challenge the healer because he healed on the wrong day. What about this poor woman? You've got to be kidding me. 
But that's the mindset. They believe that it's wrong to heal on the Sabbath than it's good to heal on the Sabbath. And, and I'm telling you, religion does that to people. But Jesus said here that Satan bound this woman for 18 years. Okay? Now, not all sin is caused by Satan. I mean, excuse me, not all illness is caused by sin. But all illness is caused by sin. Okay? So my cancer is not a result of my sin, but my cancer is a result of sin. When Adam and Eve sinned, illness came into the world. Okay? And so everyone that gets sick, everyone that has an illness, it's a result of sin. We know that to be true, doesn't it? It's part of the fall of man. But not necessarily that person's sin. So that needs to be really understood in this. But we need to understand that Satan causes some illnesses. He doesn't cause them all, but he causes some. We know that to be true. Some illnesses is a result of people's poor choices. Some illnesses are a result of not responding to life in a healthy way. And Satan is at work in that area. But not all sin causes people to be sick. Not their personal sin. Hope that makes sense to you. But Satan obviously causes some sicknesses and diseases. And so we need to keep that in mind. The next thing, no question about this one, not hard to explain, not hard to lay out there. Satan seeks to ruin lives. John 10.10, Jesus said, I come to give life and to give it more abundantly. But that's after he says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's Satan. He wants to ruin life. He wants to destroy life. He wants to defeat life. He wants to annihilate life. All life, quality of life, length of life, security of life. He wants to ruin it. And it's really important that we understand that. And so everywhere you see that life is being stolen, the fentanyl epidemic that we're dealing with, that's of Satan. No question. What a great ruiner of life. Satan goes, man, thank you. Man, we set this up. We got, we got this group making the ingredients. We got this group making the fentanyl. We got this greedy group wanting money. These people are willing to kill anybody so that they can spread the fentanyl out. And, and we've got all these needy, needy, needy people who want that release from the fentanyl. And look what fentanyl is doing in our country. That's of Satan. It's of Satan. It is a brilliant plan. People are getting wealthy off it. Sick people are getting killed off of it. They're being ruined. Families are being ruined out off of it. The opioid epidemic that we've struggled with. Brilliant plan. Pharmaceutical companies get wealthy off of it. Doctors subscribe and subscribe and subscribe to that medicine. People have a back injury. The next thing you know, they're just under the chains of 
of hydrocodone or something. And they're living on it. And, they're, and then they've got to get more. They've got to get more. And guess what happens? Satan ruins that whole family. And it can be just the, the, it can be the most moral, decent person that has no intention of getting addicted to hydrocodone. But Satan is able to put it all in place. It's brilliant. Ruins lives. And so you can take a look at this. Everything in our world that ruins lives, Satan is behind it. Everything. Pornography. Medicines. Sexual sins. Money. Everything that people will use, overuse, and abuse Satan is behind all that. And so Satan sits back and waits for all those wonderful gifts that God has given us to enjoy, and he ruins them. He ruins them. Probably one of the best examples of that is, is, is sex. Sex is created between a husband and wife. One of the most spectacular and beautiful things that's ever been given to man and woman, I hope. And look what Satan has done with it. And it, he, he is ruined it, and he is sabotaged to the point that people are so just controlled and obsessed, and they never get to experience the joy because Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so when you look at life and you look around you, everything that is killing, stealing, and ruining lives, Satan is behind that. On the other hand, Everything that's bringing life and bringing joy and bringing peace and bringing laughter and hope and love is Christ. And there really is a clear division there, isn't there? And the last thing I want to talk about today, and all these things are just to get hopefully your mind moving and, and evaluating your life and, and asking those really good, hard questions about your life. And, and this is one of the most glaring things, I think, that we have in Scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. But since we were torn away from you, this is Paul speaking to the Thessalonians. But since we were torn away from you for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face because we wanted to come and see you. We wanted to come to you again and again. We wanted to share the gospel with you. We wanted to encourage you in faith. We wanted to love on you. We wanted to help you. It was our desire. But then again, it says here in verse 18, but Satan hindered us. Very clear, isn't it? What kept Paul from going and seeing the Thessalonians? Satan. That's what Paul says. That's what he understands. And, and take inventory for a moment. Think about this. Examine your world. Haven't you found... Don't you think this, this, is, this statement I'm about to make is true? That Satan fights against zealous 
gospel-sharing Christians. Satan fights against men and women who are singular, focused on sharing the good news of Jesus with people. He just goes after them. I, I sat, like many of you did last week, and I listened to Haley Thomas share the gospel. I must admit, I rejoiced to high heaven. I celebrated what God has done in her life, what God is doing in her life, and to be honest with you, what God is going to do. But I had a, oh my, Satan doesn't like this. She's done, stepped out more perhaps than before, talking to the whole congregation. He is going to come after her. He's going to have to silence that young girl. We got to pray. We got to pray. We got to pray. Because I know for sure that a Christian can be nominal. They can be, they can be comfortable. They can be easygoing. They can just be, you know, whatever happens, happens. Never share the gospel. And, and, and they are able to avoid persecution. They're able to avoid the onslaught of Satan. But the Christian that just won't have that, that understands that people without Jesus are lost, and they understand eternity in hell, and they grieve about people who don't know Christ, and they're going to do all within their ability and they're zealous about it, and they're committed to it, Satan comes after them with all of his heart. And that is a true, that is a true thing of this world today. Paul said, I wanted to come with all my heart. We wanted to come and share. We wanted to come and teach. But Satan hindered us. Be aware of Satan. Be aware of the battle. Be aware of what's taking place. And what hopefully these scriptures ought to do in our life is for us to understand we need to resist Satan. We need to turn from him and turn to God. We need to pray. We need to pick up our spiritual weapons. We need to clothe ourselves with the breastplate of righteousness. We need to clothe ourselves with the blood. You see, Revelation chapter 12 speaks about the dragon and how Satan comes against the woman, which is Israel, and it says that the, the, the Christian people that defeated Satan were people that shared their testimony, the blood of Jesus, and they weren't afraid to die. Spiritual warfare, spiritual battle is going on. We must draw close to God in faith, in submission, to win the battle. Help us, Lord, to be focused on you alone and help us, Lord, to realize the battle that's taking place around us. And, Lord, to be able to rest and stand firm in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, please come forward.